Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. It's full of treats tonight, this, uh, because we've got a bit of an added extra in the middle featuring some content that was so X-rated we couldn't say it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. Also, I've, uh, just a little bit of a bonus, a boon, I've just found an orange in my bag. So is that an added extra and a treat for you that, or for our listener? Well, for everyone, for everyone in the room. I just wanted to put it out there. I don't know if there's any science to back it up. Why is it if someone starts peeling an orange in a room, the entire room are aware of it? Go on. Here we go. You smell that? Instant smell of orange. Do you know what I mean? Like, normally, it's like, you've got, you've got an orange. You peel an orange there. One second. So, our producer is vigorously nodding. Yeah, you're getting that? You're getting that now? Oh, my God. Imagine you can't smell orange. I can't smell orange. Well, but you've smelled orange before. So, maybe yeah. you can only smell your own orange. Now, is that, now, there must be a science name for that. I'm now aggressively... I've got the air con coming this way. It's been blown that way. Can I come around and smell your orange? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Go to where producer Adam's sat. Let's just see if you can get it now. Getting that, getting that orange in there. Yes. So it's coming through a little bit. It is now, yeah. Sorry. Why is it when you peel an orange, everyone's interested? You almost feel like you've got to point it out, but like if someone's had a haircut. That's my final thing I'll say on it. Here's an incredible story to share with you about some British twins. Uh, Twin sisters called Georgia and Melissa. On holiday in Mexico, they are swimming. Melissa gets dragged underwater by a crocodile. What does her twin sister Georgia do? She punches it in the face. Oh, my. She punched the crocodile in the face. She punches it in the face again. And a third time to rescue her twin sister, now recovering in hospital from the crocodile. This is weird. There's been a week of people smacking animals in the face. Because remember, you see that one where uh, a woman saved her dog by punching a bear in the face? Well, this I feel, is... I feel bad for the animals this week. <laughs> well, not your crocodile, That's your a good bear. Point. That's a good point. This is, and, and your shark as well. Um, Georgia, the twin sister who saved Melissa, uh-huh. said in an interview that she had seen on wildlife programmes that this is what you do with your predator. Yeah. If you're really in that situation, you punch it on the face. Little rabbit punch. <laughs> So that's what she did. And she's saved the life of her of her twin sister. It's an incredible story. And when you think about what most of us are like with our, with our siblings, it's just so far removed. I think of the behaviour I, I had with my two younger brothers. I wasn't saving them from, from crocodiles. No, no, I mean, and you, it stays in your head, doesn't it? For, you never forget. Like, for example, I'm leg- I have legend status in our family for tipping my younger brother, Simon... <laughs> Uh, into next door's uh, flower patch when he was still in his pram. Yeah, proper old-fashioned, scary, gothic pram from the <laughs> late 70s, early 80s. Just tipped him over when my mum wasn't looking and she went absolutely spare at me. So you are a sibling villain. V- a complete villainy. The worst thing. They always bring it up at, like, family do's. Georgia and Melissa, sibling heroes. I don't mean this in a bad way to twins, right, if you're a twin, but uh, it's nice to hear some nice stuff about twins because there's always that undercurrent of red rum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean with twins? Uh, so it'd be interesting to see. I'd love it. It'd be love it if someone got in touch and their their sibling had done a selfless thing for them that they've always thanked them for. Well, that be nice? Christy has this story. Says my oldest did a large drawing for a school art project, but didn't colour it in. Two years later, my youngest son took the same drawing, coloured it in, turned it in as his own. Same teacher. Both of them received A's. 
Well, what's the moral learning from that story? I'm not well, sure it's entirely wholesome. You've got, you've got a heroic <laughs> older doing the picture, then you've got, really, a villain cheating as the younger. Uh, Nate says, I fractured my sister's coccyx by dragging her off while I was sat on the couch, in brackets, best view of the TV, after she took my place there whilst I made us both a brew. He adds, no regrets. It's going a certain way <laughs> so far. Greg in Suffolk says, my younger sibling pushed me through a patio door during an argument, resulting in stitches in my hand, which I still have the scar for and i love this i love the fact that it's still brewed in this it took me uh, it took 20 years to admit that she pushed me through the door on purpose wow still hurts to this day see if we can get one a slightly different vibe martin says my brother saved my life when i was cool. younger by thankfully letting me know that if i ate dirt it it had saved me from getting rabies it's worked as i've never got rabies so that's another villainy one that, that, that's aged him there there was a classic thing about rabies in the early 80s i'm saying <laughs> late 70s it was all about rabies uh, right sam as a villainy one tell us about you and your sister oh well, we're just you know as kids kind of mess about and stuff and we're always kind of at each other's throats and she decided to pick up a can of de-icer and say, I'm going to hit you with this. And nice. you know the kind of pretending to throw it, but she was holding it upside down. So it actually the whole tin came off the lid and she's left holding the lid and it hit me in the head. Oh so she, she just, the shock in her face and she ran from, from the room and I picked up the closest thing I had to me with a hairbrush and it just hit her in the corner of the eye. And oh. then the next day it was her birthday and... All the pictures, she has this big shiner on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, the irony of this is quite heavy, isn't it? Because your sister actually wasn't wanting to hurt you. It was it was the threat of the de-icer can, but it yeah. flew out. Yeah. And then you actually <laughs> were trying to hit What back. a fantastic combination of things that can have your eye out, though, that you two have used in that one. Yeah. Like, listen, you know, yeah, hairbrushes uh-huh. are dead painful, de-icer cans with the spiky edges... Are you friends? Uh-huh. Are you friends now, or have you put this behind you? Or is it still an issue? We're, we're kind of friends now, you know, but we were just at each other's throats all through childhood, just two girls. Any any positive you know, stories? Any hero, heroism stories between the pair of you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to. I was. I was hoping that she was about to say last winter she lent us some de-icer. <laughs> yeah, after all those well, years. I suppose she was saving up for a house, and she I let her move in with me, so she stayed with me for a year. But that didn't that that didn't turn out as great either. Oh, <laughs> nearly, oh, nearly redemption. <laughs> Sam, it's a great story. Thank you for sharing it with us. No, that's fine. No bother. Michelle says I once pushed my sister onto a potted oh, cactus. Dearie me! I, well, look, we'll explain what's going it's getting on. Getting worse and worse. Just catching up with the show. I once pushed uh, pushed my sister onto a potted cactus. Needles stuck all over her bum. Forty years later, I feel bad, yet also justified because she had it coming. Probably. <laughs> do, you, do you know when this idea came up for this first hour of the show? What about you? I, I was thinking kind of hearts of gold type vibe. You always get Investor Ranson yeah. on or something. Do you know what I mean? We've only had villains. Jack the Gardener from Bromley. When I was younger, I got into weight training and my older brother assured me that if I put every single weight on the barbell and laid on the floor, I'd be able to bench press it. Needless to say, I couldn't lift it and was stuck on the floor until my dad came home and lifted it off me. Wow. Villainy. High villainy. Now look, you guys, there are 20 minutes left until five o'clock-ish, give or take, all right? So... You've still got the choice of your sibling stories. You can go hero, you can go villain. We are... We've got so much choice of villain stories. Some of them we can't even talk about because they're so bad. 
And now, especially for you, stuff that could not be broadcast and would lose us our jobs, but for you guys, because you're special, you get to hear it. Here you are then, some of your uh, sibling villainy stories that were too eye-watering for us to read out live on air on the Hometime Show. Hi, Bush and Richie, my brother who's four years older threw a dart in the back of my head when I was six. John? Uh, this text says, my daughter was age eight and she smashed her little brother's head through the pane of glass on our front door. Wow. Uh, lads, when we were kids, I called my younger sister out into the back garden and hid out of sight. <clears throat> Excuse me. When she came running out, I stuck a broom handle out, resulting in her face planting the patio. I'm not sure why I did it, but I'm constantly reminded about it now at 36. Mike and Ealing. I like that. It's got an undercurrent of Tom and Jerry about it. Uh, Sam says, Hi both. When I was eight, for no apparent reason, I started a fight with my older brother, Jack, in the garden. After getting beaten up, I ran inside crying to mum, and she banned him from going to see West Ham later that day. <laughs> I got his ticket instead, which was really, really brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Do you fancy one more? A lawnmower-related one? Go on, then. Kath says, My middle sister was kindly helping our parents by mowing the lawn, ready for a party. I thought I would help by turning it on while she cleaned the clogged-up grass from the plate and blade. <sighs> Nothing a trip to hospital and a large bandage couldn't fix. That's awful. That's, that's awful. That's like the start of Casualty, the TV show. Don't try this at home, even though you were listening on a podcast. Searching for some sibling heroes. It's been a struggle for the first 47 minutes of the show. We weren't ever realising that we were going to sort of, you know, meet the same bar as these twin sisters who uh, one of one of them has saved the life of the other by punching a crocodile in the face. Yeah. We thought we might have some nice stories, though, like, oh, thanks to, thanks to my sister uh, Amelia for doing this, that or whatever. But it's just been wall-to-wall, opening 15 minutes of the TV show Casualty. That's what it's been like for a nearly an hour here. Until now. Oh, yeah. Which is why we celebrate uh, by speaking to Alana. What happened with you guys? So when I was about six years old, um, me and my sister were walking along with my mum. Uh, she was about four at the time. We'd literally just got ice cream and she just dropped hers, just not very coordinated at that age and just without any hesitation at all. I gave her mine. I hadn't even tucked into it yet. Um, and mum just said it was one of her, still is one of her proudest parenting moments, the fact that I just handed mine over without a word. Wow. So in terms of our search on the show this evening for uh, a, a nice moment between siblings, this is as good as we're going to get. <laughs> With no disrespect to Alana, Bush, I completely agree. This is the pinnacle of sibling heroism. We're going to take that. Thank you very much. You've saved our, our faith in humanity. No problem at all. It was a nightmare on the trains last night, so I found a new Twitter account that I'm obsessed with. It's called At Memorial Device. Uh, and this person, whoever it is, has collected all the best parental look-its sayings in one place. So it's a British parenting thing where if you do anything, uh, your parents have to compare you to someone famous or someone off the telly. So, for example, if you come downstairs with tight trousers on because you're going out, your dad will turn around and say, flipping hell, it's Max Ward. <laughs> or if you take an interest in soft furnishings, they say, oh, look, it's Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Yes. Uh, another one, answer too many uh, questions on the TV quiz. Look, it's Bamba Gascoigne. <laughs> so what we thought we would do in this hour of the show is try and create our own little list, exhaustive list. We're calling it the look-its list. So yep. if your parents have ever 
um, compared you to someone famous or someone off the telly because it's something that you've done innocently get in touch and tell us about it let's make an exhaustive list here 8 12 15 i know that uh, emma jones on the daybury breakfast show has had a similar issue with myself with uh, some awareness courses that uh, you go on as drivers every now and then oh really yes yes i didn't yeah. know that <laughs> yes <laughs> you I've, kept that one quiet I've, oh i've had a couple have you yeah shamefully reformed really? reformed now different time back then wasn't it but back it back <laughs> in the day look it's nigel mansell there you go i'll get my, uh, nigel mansell over there that's going straight on the list if you come back from town with too many shoes all right there are mel demarcos etc i love this one from jane this is obviously way back to the 80s you've got the madonna vibe and all that kind of stuff jane says my black fingerless gloves my dad would say oh look it's steptoe i love that sarah says when i used to go out clubbing back in the 90s wearing my silver satin bomber jacket my dad would always say oh look it's gloria gainer <laughs> now the sadness of some of these are that um, if you're still using them now, some of the kids just might do what happened to Katie. Katie says, I called my son David Bellamy last week due to his wealth of knowledge whilst on a trip to the zoo. He said who? Oh, it's at least Packham. He's got to at least go for Packham. Uh, Joel says, after eight weeks of guitar lessons paid for by my dad and me being able to play only one chord, I was called Clapton. Oi, Clapton, any chance of a guitar solo which doesn't include E. <laughs> Still sticks in his craw a little bit. Uh, we've got Andy on the line. Andy, you got a look it's for us. What's your one? Yeah, it's the, uh, I think we're probably all about the same age, but yeah, it's, uh, if you took too long taking a photo or anything, everyone would say, oh, look out, it's David Bailey. That's, That's a good point. Stayed for life. I can, see my dad, I can hear my dad saying it now. You know, the weird thing is, right, uh, and this, is, this goes for a lot of these things that we're talking about tonight on the show, they've never been replaced by a modern version. So, like, <laughs> surely there's, there's a more uh, contemporary photographer that could have replaced David Bailey, but he's still, that name's still dragged out each time. It is, yeah, until Brooklyn Beckham, I suppose he might take over, but let's hope not. Well, come oh. on, I, mean, I really don't think that... I, Brooklyn Beckham, I didn't even know that the guy took pictures. I never knew he had a camera. <laughs> <laughs> David Bailey... <laughs> It is until someone else takes over. Sold. <laughs> Good lads. Nice to speak to you. Take care. This is great from Natalie in Hull. Wearing any leopard print clothing, I would always get, oh, look, it's Cat Slater. <laughs> so that's perfect. <laughs> it's going on the list. Debbie says, uh, my dad called me Olive from Off the Buses. When, or even on the buses. Was it on or off the buses? Uh, Olive was off on the buses. Oh, that's a good point. There's a comma in there. <laughs> There's a comma in there somewhere. Uh, she said, uh, called me Olive from on the buses when I got some new glasses I had to Google her and this is picked up on the same point from Craig in rugby he says uh, I came back from the opticians after getting my new Ray-Bans fitted only to be called Joe 90 by my dad <laughs> obviously I had no idea what he was talking about at the time it's a shame all these cultural references are getting oh, old unbelievable Richards uh, what was your dad's look it um, mid 80s my mate Dave turns up at our house wearing this atrocious pair of check jeans <laughs> Check jeans. <laughs> and my dad goes, bloody hell, it's Rupert the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and has that name stuck with him? About, yeah, he still, he still has Rupert these days. Fantastic. I love you, the way that your dad's kind of uh, doubled down on that joke and kept it going all these years. <laughs> yeah, a long time later, yeah. One final little message to add to our Look It's list, uh, the way parents would always refer to you as looking like a particular person off the telly. This text here uh, from Leroy in Gravesend says, Guys, I called my wife Nigella Mansell when she was pulling away from the lights a bit too sharpish the other day. Not a clue I was referring to. Even Michelle Schumacher drew a blank. However, I finally got there with Louisa Hamilton. <laughs> Living the dream. Right, it's time for us to spin our Tuesday Tombola. We do this every Tuesday. It's a Tombola inside our 100 balls. They're all numbered. Those numbers relate to 
100 topics. Topics that Bush and I chucked in the tombola months and months and months ago. It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> but we've no idea what's going to come out for the final hour. Normally, this show is planned. Planned to within an inch of its life. Thought out. This isn't. There's some bits of that tombola are actually hanging, literally hanging on there for within an inch of their life. Which is why that was quite a ginger yeah. little roll there. It's good. Nothing's fallen off, though. Right. Still going. Ooh, right up the other end. Ball number 98. What did you know off by heart at one point in your life? Oh, wow. So, something that you knew verbatim? Yes. Verbatim, the definition of off by heart. Indeed. I, like, for example, I, even though it's gibberish, I know the rap from Falco Rock Me Amadeus. Go even on. though. <laughs> I got to go to the Rocky Dos. Even though that's. I think he's speaking. Is it German or something like that? I think Austrian uh, was. Uh, is it? Falco. I always get confused by that because is that. An, uh, do, do Austrians speak German? So many questions, so little time, and we're off air at seven. Um, I know the commentary. <laughs> Thomas charging through the middle. Thomas, it's up for grabs now. Thomas, right at the end. That will uh, endear myself to a lot of Liverpool fans. Oh, well, if it's against Liverpool, then I'm more than happy to endorse that. That was Arsenal versus Liverpool at Anfield, 1989. We won the league. There you go. Falco and that final (laughs) game of the season, which turned everything around. What did you know off by heart at one point in your life? Stuff like this, for example, from Janine. The theme tune to Around the World with Willie Fogg. Wow, what a song that was. (laughs) Uh, We've got Jen on the line. Jen, what can you recite? I knew the start of the A-team. Wow, so is this just from sitting there in front of the telly and memorising it as a kid? <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jen, you're going to have to prove it. Go for it. In 1972, a crack commander unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, yes. they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you've got a problem, if no-one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you should hire the A team. Yes, yes Jen. Come on. Yes, Jen. Our person of the evening. Amazing. <laughs> no worries. Take care. We're going to book you for the Royal Albert Hall when things get back to normal, Jen. We'll keep this number. <laughs> Now, the weird thing is, is that some of the things that people can remember, you can understand why they'd got to a stage where it was imprinted in their heads. Others are just so random. Ian in Dawlish, I know the words to how much is that doggy in the window backwards. Why would you ever get to a stage in your life where that is imprinted in your head? Would that summon Satan? Or the Candyman at the very least? <laughs> it really would. Uh, we've got a cracker on the line for you now. Uh, we've got Mark on the line. Uh, Mark, tell us the thing that you've still got in your head. Yeah, it's the uh, barcode for uh, the Braun Independent Gas Cartridge cell. <laughs> <laughs> we were not expecting that. What a fantastic... How on earth... Did, before we get you to do it, how on earth does something like this stay in your head? Yeah, I used to work in boots when I was a kid. Uh, well, yeah, a long time ago. Um, and it wouldn't scan properly, the barcode, so we had to memorise it. It was the your cartridge used to put in hot air curling tongs, basically. <laughs> oh, and the boots uh, strawberry lip balm is 0818 or certainly was about 20 years wow, ago. Wow, it's like a warm-up act for the main event. This. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure other people who, who work in retail listening now, there's, there's always, because you see them on laminated bits of paper next to the till, there's always, like, nightmare things that won't scan. Cream eggs. Cream eggs. Cream eggs. Cream eggs. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, definitely. Right, come on, give us this battery barcode. Oh, uh, yeah, so it is 421-0201-010-0156. Right, I, I, knowing that you were about to type this, I've typed in as you've gone along, and Google's come up with the Braun Gas Styler Refill Energy Cells Pack. Wow, so he's right. 
Genuinely. It, Genuinely. It, it's completely right. I'm, I'm quite impressed with that, to be honest, guys. The weird thing is, though, are you saying then that that, that gas cartridge pack still has the same barcodes you did back in the day when <laughs> yeah. you used it on the tills? That's crazy. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, and, yeah, not forgetting, try the, um, the boot strawberry lip balm. Oh, <laughs> oh come, on, come on there, come on, come on, come on, come on, go again. 0818. Yeah. 1640. Yeah. Join, join in at home. It might, it might not work just because it's, uh, oh, no, know, no, no. brand. Uh, article oh. comes up about misinformation lingering in the memory. Oh uh, dear! From uh, oh, well. a professor at the University College of Cork. <laughs> well, we might break the internet again. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what can you remember? I was a bit of a spot at school. I must admit, and even more so in retrospect, um, I once attempted to skive out of maths class by volunteering to enter a Latin public speaking competition. Wow! Um, it backfired massively because. I'm hopeless at Latin. I was given this piece of prose to learn off by heart. Well, Nick, this is a highbrow radio <laughs> show. We haven't had any Latin on tonight, so uh, we're we're ready for a Latin speech. Okay, um, Luki Marki Memor via Sumai Prudentia S. Um, Volo te rem magnam suscipere. Wow, that's the opening line. What have you just um, said? <laughs> I think it was. Along the fact of Lukey Marky Memor, you're a very wise man and I need to pick your brains. So it sounds yeah. a little bit like how the BFG speaks. <laughs> Idy gibbly, Idy flydy. <laughs> Do you think the same works if I tapped and whacked a Terry's chocolate orange in front of you? You know, you were talking oh, about the yes. actual orange earlier on. Does it have a, a, a smell, a ter Terry's chocolate orange? Not as overt as the actual orange. But I do I think, say. I feel like if I heard a tap and whack, no matter where I was, I'd know what it was. Can I say one controversial final point? <laughs> yeah, go on. I think a Terry's chocolate orange is better than an actual orange. Oh, that is outrageous. You cannot beat a real orange. Okay, so you walk up, you're walking down the pavement. Yeah. On front of you, in front of you, on a plinth, an actual orange. Uh-huh. On the other plinth. An actual Terry's chocolate orange. You can only take one. Real orange. I'll take the Terry's. And that's why this relationship works so well. <laughs>